Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, AKA Longform Luke, and this is the Loans On Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And I'm excited because we have a special one today. We have Tom Moffat. Did I say that right? And Brandon yep. Love. I yeah, I said it right. They have a podcast called Commission Breath. They're mortgage agents, mortgage brokers out of Canada. And they have a lot of cool things that they're doing to help loan officers get in front of real estate agents, get more leads. They have some cool social media strategies. But before we get into that, welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's our pleasure to be here. Awesome, awesome. Well, maybe Brandon, since you responded to that, give us a little background on who you are, what got you into this crazy industry, what keeps you in this industry, and especially in markets like this, and you know, then we'll go to Tom. Yeah, for sure. So both of us are from kind of the Burlington area, which is about 45 minutes outside of Toronto. Uh -huh. We actually met playing youth hockey together. Very Canadian Ooh. intro story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to drop an A for us and then we're good. Exactly. <laughs> say we're talking about hockey. Found to come out. Yeah, we were both doing different pursuits in life and came into the mortgage space through a mutual friend of ours who was like, Hey, you guys should both do mortgages. So Tom was firefighting and he got his mortgage license. I was farming and I got my mortgage license and both of us took off in the industry. And from there, we're just like, you know what? Our friendship rekindled from childhood days and we decided to go all in on business together, launched the nice. Commission Beth podcast first. And then this year we merged our mortgage businesses together as well. Wow, man, that's awesome. And what's funny is that anytime I ask that question, it's always like, well, you know, I've always wanted to be a loan officer. I've actually only had one person that ever said that, I think on this podcast, it was like, you know what? My dad was a broker. I, I was just gonna say that. grew up like in a mortgage office. And I'm like, okay, well, that would be the only reason anybody would want to be a mortgage loan officer when they grow up, right? Like no kids, like I want to be a loan officer and lend people millions of money. You know, I mean, maybe they do, but most people aren't doing that. So, man, that's awesome. Tom, you want to give a quick little synopsis on who you are, your yeah. background, all that kind of fun stuff? For sure. I mean, Brandon pretty much nailed it there. But to add on to that, we amalgamated businesses early this year in 2023 because we had a bit of like a side project where we were helping brokers book calls with agents. Sure. And we have since shut that down. But that was kind of the start of the Commission Breath podcast which we have running still to this day. And it's more of like a passion project for us. We just love doing it, which is mm -hmm. why we kept it going. But other than that, like our businesses are now fully merged and we're ready to kind of hit 2024 rocking and roll. And some of the strategies we're going to talk about today is stuff that we're doing in our business that's really been working over the past three to four months. Nice. Well, that's yeah. good. I mean, we get relevant data in a tough market because that's one of the things that people say all the time. Like, well, is this working? Exactly. Market, right. And it's the same again. Like it's been a tough year for all brokers. I mean, I think production's down roughly 40 to 60% for all across the board. So right. this is really working for us. And it's actually helped us double our business year over year. Just wow. Some of this stuff. Yeah. Wow. 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 So, all right, before we get into that, cause I do want to talk about that. I do want to touch on, when you say you have the commission breath podcast, the commission breath podcast is where you're giving value to other loan officers, correct? Yeah, exactly. Correct. Then you also have a podcast where you're giving value. So I wanted to touch on that too. How is the podcast that you're doing for more of your consumer sort of side of things, how is that working from that perspective? Are you using that as bait? Are you giving this out to people that you talk to? It's like, hey, go watch this. How are you using that in your business right now? Yeah, for sure. So that podcast is called The Invested Entrepreneur. And basically what we do is we record long form videos and podcast okay. content. And then we're wood chipping that up 
for our social media, using it to draw in primarily self-employed borrowers, also to share with like all of our realtors are self-employed, financial advisors, et cetera. Nice. Give them a ton of high value content that way. So then we're sharing this all on our social media. It's very shareable for them and just building that kind of goodwill and community that way to get the referrals in. Nice, nice. Well, so that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like you guys started that this year. Was it? Yeah, the Invested Entrepreneur is pretty new. Okay. Yeah. And, and so that's one thing right now that we're seeing a lot is a lot of people saying, hey, we're doing a lot of the US DSCR loans, investor type loans. Are you finding that that's a lot of the people that are currently sort of active in the markets in Canada as well that you're kind of finding success with? Is that what you kind of launched that? So the A lending space, I'm sure it's the same in the States, is very competitive. Right. So sometimes you're competing with someone who's just going to go to their branch, who's going to knock off five basis points, right. beat you after you put in all the work. Whereas right. with the self-employed borrowers, they take a little bit more handholding and there's a bit more strategy and nuance to it. So we found that our skill set, when we applied it to those borrowers, it was more sticky and they were more loyal to us. Also, the flip side of that is they also have connections with other business owners, larger networks that way. So it created this kind of referral engine that we didn't sure. previously had when it was just one-off consumers on the A side. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. It's huge. I think, you know, especially in a market like now, it's important to be flexible, to pivot a little bit, to understand, all right, some markets are going to require different things, right? I mean, you know, especially in the past, we're talking really 19 through 21, really when we had like sort of the big boom in business, there wasn't a lot of that happening, right? It just was like, hey, I'm taking the best of the best. Anybody who's not the best of the best gets thrown to the wayside and, you know, just not something that we could do now. And also, unfortunately, I don't know if it's the same there, but I've heard pretty consistently and, you know, obviously it makes sense. Psychologically, the people that are out shopping are the little bit less sophisticated borrowers and buyers too right now. The ones that don't understand that, hey, you know, rates are 8%, 7%, whatever it is here, much higher than they were the last couple of years, still not bad, but those people are still out there, right? And so having some flexibility to say, hey, you know what? Maybe we should do some sort of investor type loans. Maybe we should look into something like a reverse mortgage. Maybe we should look into hard money or, you know, bridge loans or seconds or things like that. It's like, understand your products. Yeah. As a loan officer, I'm a marketer and I'm advocate. It's like, learn your products. Learn all the down payment assistance products. I don't think you guys have those in Canada, but in the US, down payment assistance programs, man, you can get people into a house for zero down. In Canada, they need, I think, 10% or 20%? It's 5% minimum, but there are some municipalities that will give you like 10% towards your down payment if you buy an okay. area just to support their growth okay. and population. But yeah, 100%. I think there's a bit of both. So there's some buyers who were also on the sidelines because mm -hmm. their files were more complex and... Sure. Number one, yeah, there were less brokers willing to take it on, but also they required things like financing conditions that in our market, I'm sure it was the same with yours. We didn't have that luxury. It was like, you're going in firm and you figure yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All cash offers were king for a couple of years there. So yeah, you pretty much had to go in with the strongest offer possible for a few years there. You didn't really have a lot of wiggle room. And, and I'm sure there was ways to get it done because I still know, at least here in the U.S., some people that love down payment assistance and they just say, hey, I've been closing down payment assistance and getting seller concessions the whole time. I don't yeah. know. Maybe they're better at negotiating. Maybe they, you know, bid over ask. I don't know what the strategies were, but it's interesting because, you know, ultimately I think you can do any business in any market. So I love that you guys, you know, did a little bit of a pivot or learning this other market and have obviously done something a little different podcasts. Let's be honest. I mean, we're at a hundred and I don't know how many podcast episodes now. It's a lot of work. It's so a long game to you guys. Yeah. Like, the original intent wasn't to just try to drive in a bunch of leads right off the bat, because we know it's something that's going to develop over time. But for us, it was just a really easy way to get social content out there. It was a plug and play. Like once we had the podcast set up, 
we have our editor, which is the same editor you have. Right. She's been awesome. All we do yeah. is just literally show up with our guest, or if it's just a solo episode, hit record. We have some social media editor batch out the content, which allows us to just focus on keep doing the thing, getting more leads in, talking to our realtor partners, doing the day-to-days. And we don't have to think like of what content to actually push out, sit down right. and try to record everything else. It's already there. So that was the main intent behind it. Some of the benefits we're seeing from it is just establishing more of a rapport with a lot of our realtor partners because they're seeing it on social media. And sure. we have a bunch of them now listening to our podcast. So it's like these other kind of benefits that have trickled along the way that we never realized up front. Nice. So are your real estate partners listening to the invested entrepreneur one because they are yeah. entrepreneurs? Okay, gotcha. All right. That's, exactly. that's cool. Yeah. I was just curious if they're listening because I mean, I would assume they could also probably get some value out of your commission breath one. Because... They might. Hey, I don't know. I haven't had any of them reach out and mention that they're listening to commission breath, but it'd be funny if they were. I mean, it would make sense because I mean, depending on you know what the content is, I don't have to go listen to a couple of episodes, but the strategy is the same. It's the yeah. same people that you're marketing to. Exactly. So, I mean, obviously it's a little bit of a spin in terms of like how you present it, but ultimately we're marketing to the same people. So if you can figure out a way to market you know, share strategies on how to grow your business. It'll apply to real estate agents or loan officers most of the time. Obviously, again, with a little bit of nuance, a realtor is not going to call a realtor, but well, maybe they could, maybe a realtor could call a realtor for uh, referrals as well. I don't know, but yeah, I love it. And so I think it's huge. Podcast is a massive opportunity. I also think what's cool about the podcast is for myself, at least the way I do is we have these interviews, right? And so I get to interview really cool people and I have this platform and I've got to interview, you know, really cool people like Todd Duncan, right? You know, Godfather here in mortgage, also some other really top producers and really cool people, even you guys, right? Like, you know, meeting up with people from Canada, like what other opportunities would I have to meet some cool mortgage producers in Canada, right? So I think it's a huge opportunity to network, build relationships, learn, yeah. get better at public speaking, get better at interviewing, get better at having conversations, coherent conversations with people, speaking well, I think it's helped me a lot in terms of that. And I've even been said, hey man, you're great at interviewing. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm an ADHD. So I interrupt <laughs> people. So it was a learned skill. I know you guys are also doing some cool things with, Instagram and you had the agency that you were kind of helping real estate agents do the appointment setting. I was really interested in sort of like what you're doing with basically attracting real estate agents. Cause like, again, the premise of the show, you guys heard it is flipping the status quo on real estate agents. Yeah. And that's exactly you, what we're doing. How are you doing that so that you're bringing that value at a high level? Because I don't know if it's the same there, but a lot of loan officers here, you know, they get their license, you know, they go through that whole process and they're like, okay, go talk to realtors. They don't tell them what to say. They don't tell them how to structure your value proposition. They don't do anything. So everybody just says, I answer the phone. I close on time. And I don't know, the other one. Oh, I got good products. Yeah, the, the standards. Yeah. And like the ways we do it. So we think of, we touched on it briefly with the podcasting. Like we use that as kind of like our base content because in order to use these strategies, it's good to have a presence online or have some content being generated because real magic happens behind the scenes through the DMs. Mm -hmm. And that's where you're converting realtors to become partners. And without that content, it's kind of like, okay, who's this random guy reaching out to me? He's got right. like a hundred followers. He's not posting anything. It'd be kind right. of weird, right? So we have that content being published. So that's the first aspect of it. The second that we'll focus on with this is the strategies behind the scenes. You can do it in multiple ways, but the main functions that Brandon and I, that we do for our business, is have you ever heard of broadcast channels on Instagram? Heard of it, I don't really know much about it. So it's a relatively new feature that unfortunately not everyone has access to it. But if you're looking to see if you have access to it, all you have to do is you have to make sure that your account is a creator account. Sure. I'm not gonna go over how to do that. You can just do a quick YouTube, pretty easy to do. Once you figure it out, okay, say you have that broadcast channel, 
the main benefit of this feature is that it's kind of like a Facebook group integrated in Instagram, okay. but it's a one-way communication. So anyone that joins your broadcast channel, you can send out videos, voice notes, text, polls. You can do all of the Instagram features within this channel. And the main part of this is you're funneling realtors to this channel to give a shit ton of value adds to them. Sure. And how we're doing that is through the DMs. We're inviting them to this broadcast channel. It's a one-way communication that goes straight into their inbox. So it's almost like a direct message that you get to do that's pushing out to hundreds of realtors, depending on how many you have in your group. Sure. It's like an email list, kind of. That's right. exactly it. Yeah. But it's way sticker because it shows up as an Instagram DM. And right, right, right. Everyone's so, on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, business happens with DMs, like you said, right? That is where the magic happens. And, you know, what's interesting about content as well is one thing I learned from doing a lot of social content was a lot of times the people that engage with like your posts are not the people that hit you up in the DMs. I don't know if you guys are finding the same thing. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Like people are watching, whether they hit the like button, they're still watching. People say that all the time. Like people are like, oh man, I've been watching you for years. I'm like, you haven't engaged in a single one of my posts, man. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I was actually by my parents' house the other day and this woman came up to me and she's like, Hey, I saw your Instagram page and I'm coming up for renewal and I want to talk to you about it. I'm like, thanks. I'm like, do you even follow me? Or right? she's like, Oh, I just go and view your page. That's too funny. Like it's just yeah. so true. Yeah, there is, man. People are watching. And again, I think that's the power of social media. I think the other thing too, when it comes to social media is like, what are you trying to get out of it? Because a lot of times people will, will go to social media as a way to get business, which of course is what we're trying to do as well. But they do it in a way where like they're like, hey, I'm a loan officer, call me. Here's my number. Yeah, hey, I'm a loan officer. Call me. Here's my number. They'll share a listing or they'll, you know, do that kind of stuff. It's like, cool. Like no one wants to do business with someone who's only business, right? Like you have to be a human being and yeah. post human being things, right? Like be authentic, show up as yourself, post valuable content that's going to attract people to work with me. I'm a thought leader. I'm an expert. I'm also a dad. I also like to play disc golf. You know, it's like, who are you as a human, right? Like that's what you need to be relaying as that opportunity. And then yeah, you hit them up in the DM. So let's talk about your guys' strategy. So you guys are doing the broadcast channel. Is that the main thing? Because I mean, that's something that just rolled out within the last probably six, 12 months, right? So it's yeah, it's just the past couple of months, like to give you context, I don't even have access to broadcast channel. Oh, no on Instagram. Tom does. So we've just beefed up his broadcast channel. And we're filtering people to that because he nice. has access to a feature. Sure. I've reached out to Instagram several times. It's just not turned on for me. So it's like an early wave if you have it to capture the audience there. And yeah, this cranks out an insane amount of value there. So like videos with strategies, quick email templates, anytime there's Bank of Canada announcement, here's something to share with your audience. Mm -hmm. And then what we're doing is we're doing like following targeted people using like the follow and follow like a standard strategy there. But when we get someone connect with us back, roughly about 30% of them do. Then we're sending them a video DM or voice note and then inviting them to that broadcast channel. Nice. Nice. So instead of being salesy or something like that, you're like, hey, I have this. We're going to give a bunch of value. You have a cadence you're specifically posting in there. Are people kind of, you know, know, hey, every Monday we get this type of content. Is it kind of yeah. sporadic? What's kind of the strategy there? So it can be totally up to you. But what I do is I do once a week, sometimes twice a week, because I don't want it to be spammy. That's the last thing sure. I want is for people to be spammed with this and opt out and leave the group. So I'm doing once a week. And if there's like a big announcement where there's been like a big rate drop or something like that, then I'll send a quick message in there. All the feedback I've gotten from any realtor that's DM'd me after is all positive stuff. And just to clarify too, like if you don't have access to the broadcast channel, like you don't have to worry, like some of the stuff we'll talk about, you can still apply with Instagram in general. Like sure. some of the video DMs we do, like that's the main strategy is to funnel them into something 
whether it's to get their email address or whether it's to funnel them into the broadcast channel itself, the main thing you do is you do that follow unfollow strategy. So roughly 30% of realtors that you follow are going to follow you back. That's going to depend on your type of content, how good your content is, main profile, but on average is 30%. So then anyone that follows you, you're going to send that video DM and your call to action is either going to be to the broadcast channel, or it's just going to be a friendly, Hey, thanks for following. I saw you posted this, this, and this, like, love it. Keep up the good work. And that's it. Just leave it at that. And then you're going to mm. circle back to them in the future. One strategy we were using was, Hey, how happy are you with your loan officer on a scale of one to 10? I know it's a random question. Just wanted to ask you that. And if you do it by video, a lot of them are very receptive to it. Sure. And they think it's awesome because nobody else is doing it. You might be doing texting or maybe voice notes. Voice notes are good too, but the video is super, super powerful. Agreed. Agreed, man. I, my birthday was last month and I'm friends with, I don't know, hundreds, if not thousands of loan officers on my Facebook profile. And I think I had three, maybe four people send me a video message via DMs, right? Via the messenger. I had one person that was, he posted it on my wall, but he literally was like a guitar. He was like playing a, and I was like, dude, he's for sure going to just have a generic one. No, he said my name in the video. Like that to me was so That's powerful cool. that like literally pulled out his guitar and it must do that for everybody, but it's like still crazy. Like he's doing this every single day with a guitar, actually playing a song, ripping on the guitar it was pretty fun. And I was like, this is probably the coolest one I've ever gotten. But anybody that just pulls out their phone and says, Hey, want to wish you a happy birthday. Hey Luke, we want to wish you a happy birthday. Cause like, I think there's levels to that too, because I've seen also people do like the generic, they just film it one time and then they send it to everybody. I personally believe that's still better than sending just generic happy birthday. A lot of people are just posting on the wall and just HBD. And I'm like, dude, at that point, there's no reason to do that. Like HBD really? Like I might yeah. as well just delete you as a friend, man. You're that lazy. Just don't send the freaking message, you know? And I don't know if everybody feels that way. I just know that I'm connected with so many loan officers that I'm like, Who's standing out and who's yeah. not? It could right. hurt you, man. If you're doing those, like, this is like client specific, but if you're sending out those happy birthday emails that are like clearly just like templated, that yeah. could hurt you, man. That could make it worse than not 100%. sending anything at all. So that's why we do video. Especially if these are like people that you've really built relationships with and stuff like that, right? The happy birthday emails, especially like, cause yeah, like, oh, cool. That's such a super generic like email yeah. that you clearly didn't, you know, it's like, no, you know who I am. Like, why are you sending me this crap? I agree. I think so many people want to try to automate everything. And like Gary Vee says, not everything scales, right? Sometimes you got to do things that don't scale. I mean, yeah. And you just put that into your daily non-negotiables too. Like if you're doing your daily calls, maybe you split up the calls and the DMs and you just, you have every morning for an hour, you block it out and you do those video messages to every realtor that follows you. And again, another 30% metric is when you send out that invite to the broadcast channel, roughly 30% of them actually join which in my opinion is a high number. Like if you're sending sure. it a hundred a week, that's 30 realtors in your broadcast channel. Eventually what you can do is you can squeeze out some more conversations with them and funnel them into getting their email as well. Because some of the strategies we use is when we're offering some of the email templates or social media templates, we get them to send their email to us. Sure. And then they're on our weekly email list, which is you're just building and building that thing forever. And we're already seeing conversions of realtors establishing relationships with us I've had over the last couple of weeks, at least three or four realtors that have sent me leads that I've never talked to on the phone. Like it's nuts. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The power of being consistent on social media and putting out good, valuable content. Exactly. But, but it's not easy. Like so many people think that it's easy. They think they can post for, you know, 30 days. They think they can, you know, the other question I'm going to ask you now is from that perspective, daily, are you sending out follow on follow? So you're doing that on a daily basis. How many people are you doing that with? 
Yeah, I mean, because you said 30%, but like, you know, are you doing 100 a day? Are you doing 10 a day? What's kind of the volume look like? Yeah, so Instagram was allowing up to 150, I want to say, up until it felt like about two weeks ago, and then it started getting capped earlier. Like little shadow bands or whatever? Yeah, so we've been doing a bit less based off of that. That's great. Yeah, 100 is still a lot per day. Yeah, it's a lot. But I'm just trying to get now more granular because I think the current channel is around 300 right now. Wow. And then we have our individual email lists as well that we send a weekly email there. And what we want to do now is become more targeted to like those top producers because we don't want to have a hundred more people who do one end a year and have right. like 10,000 questions. We want to work with the people who are the killers out there sure. and can just really hone in on what serves their businesses. Yeah, yeah. Which is smart, right? I think it's good to kind of do the spray and pray approach and kind of figure out what works. But yeah, especially for something like that, it's like, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have people in there because you never know which person that's closing one end a year, one side a year is going to, you know, become the next big mega producer, right? I mean, everybody starts at zero at some point, so you never know. But that being said, yeah, you want to make sure you're spending time working with people that are worth working with. And so, you know, for people here in the US, obviously we have, you know, tools like MMI, there's a couple other ones out there that are sort of rolling out as well that have similar features where you can see what their production is. They're not always super accurate, but at least you can see, hey, have they done... Yeah, at least a few transactions. And yeah. So I wish I had that. Like if we had that in Canada, what I would do is I would just print out a list of everyone that's in my channel. The hard part is you can't see the followers in your channel. Like that's the mm. frustrating part on it, but you can see who's liked it, your posts that is. So if okay. someone's liked okay. it or did an emoji on it, you can see who's done that. So I would sure. just look through all those people, write out a list and then go through your MMI and see who's the top producers. Either get on a phone call and call them. Like it's such a warm intro to right. get on a phone with them or just send them more DMs on Instagram and focus on those ones and yep. mark off the ones that you want to concentrate on and keep developing that relationship with. A hundred percent. So I think you could still give value to those people, but yeah, targeting and spending more time actually trying to build a relationship with those sort of bigger producers is huge. And you know, it's something we talk about is doing the whole, you know, setting appointments. We do this with our loan officers. We set 10 appointments a month with real estate agents. The interesting thing is so many people struggle even having those conversations, right? So like when you are having those conversations with real estate agents, what is kind of your value prop or what is it that makes you different from everybody else? Obviously you're giving all this value. So that's something that makes you different. But outside of that, is there like when you're talking to them, like what's sort of the average pitch or what's the way that people are like, oh, yeah, I want to work with you guys. Yeah. So we do a few different things. So obviously number one is just communication commitment. So we have a 90 minute turnaround for any leads. We're always doing to realtors. We send a weekly lead update. It shows you everyone in your pipeline, where they're at in the process, any nice. actual step you could take to move them along. We do a budget for every client. So the client knows down to the penny what they can afford. We do something called offer assist. So say you're our client and Tom's our realtor. I would call the listing agent of the house you're buying and I would say, hey, it's Brandon Love. I'm working with Tom and our mutual client, Luke. He has an offer coming in on 123 Zoom Street. Just want to let you know he's a top-notch borrower. Everything's lined up on my end and let me know if we can do anything to help get this deal together. And it just shows like a ton of strength for you as a buyer and and us as a team. So when we pitch that, people are pretty jacked up about that. So that's one of our big value adds. Tom, is there little things in there? Yeah, that's pretty much most of it. And we try to narrow down on all those, like the 90 minute commitment. The reason why we're able to do that is because we share the one email inbox. So any lead that comes in, it's typically over email intro. So we have a super quick response 
time to those leads. And our realtors love that. The nice. weekly email, they love that too. On top of all that, we also focus on trying to get them more leads. And how we do that is on the back end, we pitch them the budgeting. So because we're doing those budgets for every client, anytime, let's just say we got a mortgage for Jimmy. Two years from now, he wants to do a refi. Refis happen more often in Canada because they're shorter right. terms. Right. So let's just say they come, they want to clean up some debt. We look at opportunities to pull equity out and buy rental properties. So we pitch that to our realtors and we say, hey, we track exactly where our leads come from. So if there's an opportunity in the future, you bet we're going to send that lead back to you for a rental nice. property because that's what we focus in on as well. That's amazing, right? I mean, and I think that's something that people miss out on is like, dude, that's huge value. And a lot of times I think loan officers struggle to come up with what their value like, ah, you know, I did. and they always say the same stuff. And I'm like, well, here's the problem is you just haven't sat down and thought about like, what can you do better or different than everybody else? Really, like the thing I talk about a lot is a concept I learned from Russell Brunson, if you guys are familiar with ClickFunnels, yeah. but it's like the improvement offer versus the new opportunity, right? The improvement offer is considerably harder to sell. Like, oh, I'm answering the phone and I do 60 minute commitment versus 90, right? You know, it's like if someone came along and tried to do that to you guys, they'd be like, eh, whatever, right? But if they're like, hey, you know, we have a way to get you, you know, close in five or 10 more deals a year, all of a sudden they're gonna be like, oh, well, how are you doing that? All right, well, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. The new opportunity is gonna sound a lot better than, all right, well, marginally better than Tom and Brandon, but are you? Like, I don't know, you're telling me you're marginally better, but are you really? Like, the devil I know is probably better than the devil I don't know. And so I think it's huge to think about, like, how can you change the way that you're perceived as well as a loan officer to real estate agents? Like, you gotta be different, right? Yeah, yeah, you have to be good. Like, you have to be good at your job. You can't be incompetent at your job. like. Cause you guys are giving leads cool but if you guys sucked at your job and you were giving leads you probably still wouldn't get as many leads as exactly we don't lean too heavy on that either because we don't want to say hey work with us because we're going to give you leads like we'd rather them work with us because we're good at what we do 100%. but that's just a nice value add that we give them as well and on top of that like we have our own realtors that will do intros to other realtor friends that they have nice. like we'll ask them hey can you introduce us to one or two realtors that are your friends with that you think would, would be a good fit with us that's going to be a warm intro we get yeah. our own realtor partners to give us google reviews as well and we, nice. we show realtors like hey like go look at our google reviews like our partners are happy with us so there's a bunch of different things behind the scenes that we do there but just so i can let your listeners in on another tip like because broadcast channels aren't available to everyone but for the most part it will get rolled around to everyone but if you want to use those Instagram strategies, what you can do as well, I do this on top of the broadcast channel is all of my content is mostly geared towards realtors okay. because I would rather leverage realtor partners versus going direct to consumer for leads on social. So what I'll do is every realtor that follows me back, I'll add them as a close friend on Instagram because there's that close friend feature. Sure. sure. And any story that I do that I can have as a value add to the realtor, I'll put it on my story and I'll do it just to close friends because they'll see that green circle and they'll click on that thinking like, oh, what, like, why am I a close friend with this guy? And then they'll see that and they'll look for that close friend icon every single time because they know it's going to be geared towards them. I'm an old man. I don't really do Instagram. So I'm over here learning stuff. I'm, a, I'm trying. I'm not an old man, but you know what I mean? I'm just Facebook was my platform of choice. I went all in on that and really trying to learn these other platforms because Instagram I never liked Instagram at the beginning because it was like, oh, like, oh, let's show your food and stuff like that. And then obviously it evolved over the years and I just kind of never, never really went into it. But I love it. I mean, I think Instagram is a huge opportunity for most people because like I said, the Facebook platform is older people. So if you want to target, you know, younger people, a lot of people are on Instagram, a lot of people are on TikTok, a lot of people are on all these different channels. And, you know, I think it's important to have content, at least some content on all of the channels. But that being said, 
not necessarily doing that right away. I think you should go all in on one platform, learn it real well. Like it sounds like you guys are mostly doing Instagram right now. Yeah. But I mean, you could probably take some of these strategies into a Facebook platform, right? Like the broadcast channels, theoretically, you can, you know, if you don't have access to that, you could create a Facebook group. Yeah, yeah, Facebook exactly. Group. Facebook group. Right? Yeah. You know, there's, there's other strategies or, you know, there's other platforms like school or, or mighty networks or, you know, a little you can take them off of Facebook, but there's a little bit more friction there because they're always on Facebook or Instagram or those things. And so you don't have to get them off that platform to get your content. Yeah. That's awesome. I find with with realtors, we always try to go the path of least resistance because to get them to do something, it's very hard sometimes. So we'd rather than just, Hey, I'm going to click this accept link and they're in the channel. That's it. Yep. 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 Exactly. And one thing we talk about too, is like objects in motion is like to stay in motion. Right. And so it's the same with consumers, same with realtors, same with everybody. Like we're humans, we don't like change. And so we're going to take the path of least resistance. And so part of that is like, Hey, like, how do you make it as easy as people to work with you? Like all those types of things, but also where are they at? Like, what are the things that they're trying to do? I think a lot of times people put out content that they think is valuable, but it's not, it's like super self-serving in your experience. What do realtors want? Realtors? I find they want to know an angle that they can either use to go find a lead or convert a lead. And then they just want to have something they can share with their audience to make themselves look like they're more knowledgeable than other realtors. At the end of the day, if it makes them look better or access to something that someone in their office doesn't have, then it's a win for them. Sure. See, I always say that super distilled down, realtors really want, let's just be honest, what realtors or loan officers, money, show them how to make more money or show them how to save time so they can make more money or spend time with their family, right? Like there's really those two things is what they want, money or time. So, you know, I don't know if it's the same there, but I personally feel like loan officers have brainwashed real estate agents into believing that doing your job well is sufficient value to do business with someone. And I'm like, well, you should be doing your job well. Like you want to be top 1% or do you want to be top 20%? Because doing your job well puts you in the top 20%. I mean, probably does because, you know, most, to be honest, there's a lot of people that probably shouldn't have a license. But for the people that do their job well, you need to stand up. If you want to be top 1%, you need to show up in a way that's different and better, all of it, right? And also be a good loan officer and also close on time and also answer your phone and also show them how to use social media and also, you know, post content. You have to do everything. Unfortunately, we're in a day and age where I believe the people that are still winning in this market tend to be the people that have embraced these channels, social channels. They're hurting less in this market, I believe, at least anecdotally, I've found the people that are active on social media are doing better than the people that are only reliant on the traditional, like, hey, I got four or five realtors that send me business. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people too, it's a perception piece. Like if I know, like, no one out there is oblivious to the fact that this has been a down market for a lot of people. So if I look at your page and you haven't done anything in six months, I'm going to be like, oh, he must not be that good if people aren't coming to him in the down market. I get it. When it's a booming market, everyone's going to be booming. But if someone's consistent in cranking things out, it makes them look more desirable because they're busy and they have that consistency going that way. Yeah. One of the things I say all the time is people honor consistency, right? And so it's one thing that I'm trying to be better at as well is like when I'm feeling like great and like all motivated, like sometimes I'll post five, seven times a day. But then like when there's like the dragging week, you have like a week where you know, things are dragging or whatever, things are happening or super busy. It's like, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, maybe it's once a day. Maybe it's once every other day. Maybe it's, you know, once a yeah. week, you know, I went on vacation last week. So I only posted like twice. And so it's like, you know, little things like that. It's like, man, creating systems around that. So like from that perspective, like, do you guys have systems around content you're posting, you know, or is this kind of like, Hey, like we did a podcast, let's put chop up some content, or do you kind of have like a 
sort of schedule on it. That's why we like the model that we had. Like it wasn't perfect. It's still not perfect by any means, but it's relatively hands-off because for one, like we're paying money into it. So you can go the approach of trying to be super frugal with it, but then of course you're more hands-on. So that's the downside to it. But if you have some money to invest in it, you can make it more hands-off. And that's what we're doing. We have our podcast editor who chops it up. And then we also have social media editors who will take that full length podcast and then chop it up into socials nice. and they'll post for us too. So from that perspective, like we know our content is being pushed out automatically. The second phase to that is we want to, like we think of it in two different content types. Like we have our bingeable content, which is our podcast content, because from us, like we want to have bingeable content and hook content, just the names that we came up with in our heads. The hook content is video that will go semi-viral or reach more of an audience to then bring them into our profile and then binge the rest of the content. So we want to have both of those. Like right now, it's mostly just bingeable content where they're viewing all of our podcasts short form. And what we're going to do is we're going to sit down and do legit like build out hook content that really hooks people in to watch the videos because we know some of the algorithms and how they work to push that video out further. So that's the second phase to it, which we haven't done yet because it takes time. Like it takes more time mm-hmm. to do that, plan out like what you're going to say in that content and sit down and actually record it. So that's something in 2024 that we're going to be doing. But for now, it's like, we're just building up those referral partner relationships and that's been working for us. And the content that's pushed out right now, it's creating that brand. Any referral that comes over to us from like a client perspective, they're probably going to Google us. They're going to see that we're active on social. So it's kind of like this flywheel that yep. complements each other. Trust-based marketing, right? I mean, you know, that's one of the things. I mean, we generate leads for people and we tell people all the time, like, what's the first thing people are going to do that don't know, like, or trust you? They're going to go look you up online. Yeah. Do you have Google reviews? Do you have social profiles? Are you active? Like, if someone Googles your name and you can't find you, like, as a sales professional, I'm sorry, but that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. If someone Mm -hmm. can't find your phone online, they can't find you easily, like, you're leaving probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars on the table over the career. If you're not yeah. using these things, because again, I mean, I was, I don't remember who it was. I don't remember if it was a podcast or if it was just a conversation I had, but I remember talking to this lady and she said that basically her daughter told her that you have to get on social media because I'm going to refer you my friends and stuff like that via email. Like people don't do that. Like you need to have social so I can connect them with you via social. And so she decided that she needed to get active on social. Like that's the power. That's how much the younger generation is using social media. A lot of, I mean, like you said, like some of these people are sending you leads without even freaking talking to you. That's the power of social media. Yeah, it's nuts because they're watching the videos too, right? Because every week we're sending that video in and Mm -hmm. going over three things that can help them in their business or marketing strategies, mortgage content. Like they're seeing that video every day. So it's almost like they already know us. So the power of video with social just complements each other. And to be clear, like we both were never social guys. We still hate social to this day. Like we just know we have to do it. And if you're going to go that route, like it sounds like very overwhelming, like it's a lot of stuff to try to put in place. But if you want to just start light, if you're doing a podcast to start out with, like you can go to applications like Opus Pro, which is a site where you can just dump that large file in it and it'll mm-hmm. chop up content for you. Like AI is awesome and you can leverage that to your advantage. Yeah, we've done a lot of trainings on AI, on Opus. I, man, I love Opus. It's one of the yeah. platforms I use a lot. I think I actually introduced it to Nikki. So, or at least Scott. I think she uses it now for commission. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she she did. She started. She told me she started using it on the last sort of editions of the clips. I was like, oh, this is sick. I mean, yeah. It's gotten better and better ever since we work with them, right? So it's been pretty cool how it's like started off kind of like, it was good. It was awesome. She did the podcast, but then they started to promote it and they had the collaborations and stuff like that. So it's been pretty interesting to see. 
Um, I think it is helping some of the growth as well because I'm starting to see some sort of traction there as well. And nice. again, I think it comes down to consistency from the perspective of like, you just have to be consistent with content. You have to be consistent with following up with people. And you know, at the end of the day, like so many people give up so soon, two, three, four months. Like I assume you guys have been working on a lot of this stuff for you know, a decent amount of time before you start to see the side type of success rating now or not really. Yeah, for what, sure. Four months now? Well, four months for the channel, but yeah. the realtor building that base. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been years. Yeah. Right, years, so. of course, of course. And learning how to, you know, putting social media content out. Like, you're going to suck at first. Oh, yeah. Suck at oh, video. Yeah. You're going to suck at written content. You're going to suck at all that, unless you're a writer or something like that. Most likely, you're going to suck at all that stuff. And so it's going to become a muscle, you know, that you can do. Real quick, wrap things up a little bit. Maybe you guys can both give an option, but what is like one thing that you would recommend for a loan officer to do today in this market to go get business? Hmm. Now it's a hard hitting question, but yeah, I would say this is timely depending on when your episode comes out between now and when do us tax documents come out for the year? Like when would your employer send that out? Is it like February? Uh, I think end of January is when they have to have a sense it. So I think typically okay. most people are getting that by middle of February at the latest. Perfect. Okay. So between now and end of February, reach out to anyone you couldn't qualify for the Ooh. past year or two, because they have now a different set of timeframes. So for gotcha. us, we're average of now 2022 and 2023. It puts behind some of those crappy COVID years. Yeah. And getting a ton of new business just from doing this and refreshing nice. the profile of people who wanted to buy. They had everything else set up, but income qualification was a hurdle for them. And Ooh. so that's getting leads now. So I'd say reach out to those people, set your timelines there because it is a very timely strategy. I love it. That's a great strategy. Mine's similar. Like, so we're actually doing this right now in our business. We're formulating an email template that we're also going to pass along to our partners. But this is more so to our main database of leads that have come into our world over the last year or so that have expressed an interest in getting to the market. But a lot of people have deterred away from it because of the high interest rates. Sure. This might be a little specific to Canada, but I do know you guys just had the Fed announcement in regards to... Yeah, like the rates are coming down. So that would be your main goal in that email template is mentioning, hey, you know what? Rates are coming down in 2024. Reference an article or video of the Fed saying that. And here's why you should consider getting to the market now. We are very transparent. We say, hey, we're not forcing you to get in the market, but here's why we think it's a great time to get into the market. Sure. And we did a number breakdown of the savings of the rates because we had... 60 basis points of rates drop on the fixed rate side of things for us nice, nice. over the last six weeks. So we're like, hey, here's your savings on a five-year term. And for you guys, it's 30-year term, so we can be even more. Right, and we right. broke down that number, and we're going to send that out to every single lead that has come into our world over the last year. And I bet you a lot of people are going to come off the fence back into the market because we're seeing it on our side. Over the last couple of weeks, we've had like an influx of leads because of the fixed rates dropping and because of what Same. the Fed said, it has a direct yeah. effect with Canada. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, it's like, I mean, we've seen, I don't know exactly what the rates are right now, but I know they've come down a decent amount over the last, I don't know, maybe six weeks, eight weeks, somewhere around that number. And it's been yeah. pretty considerable and the market seems to be thawing out. I think it's always good mentally for loan officers too, that like it kind of feels like it's coming down. Yeah. We don't quite 100% know that it is, but yeah, I think there is definitely a correlation there too with loan officers having a little bit better of a mindset around, okay, well, you know what? Like rates are coming down. I have a conversation to have. I think that's huge. One thing that we did too years back when rates started coming down, like this, you know, back when the refi boom started, is we would reach out to all past clients and say, hey, like things have changed. You know, just there may be an opportunity for us to save you some money. It was more of the refinance side, right? Versus like, you know, maybe purchase people that came through. But you could have a similar sort of text and email blast that goes out. We had, a, I think, March of 2020, right before everything went crazy, 
we sent out some reactivations for clients that had been reaching out to people and I think they ended up closing like three or 4 million off of just text blasts. So we just sent out a text blast to like yeah. all of their past clients. We've also done reactivations for our clients on all the leads they've generated for the last whatever five years. Like we have one client that's been with us since 2019 and we reactivated his leads earlier this year, just basically sent out a thing. Hey, like, just want to make sure I didn't drop the ball. Like things are changing. I think he pulled 10 pre-approvals in like a week period from that. Wow. This is old leads that were lost leads, right? These are people that weren't supposedly, you know, moving forward. He hadn't contacted. And there we go with 10 or 15 pre-approvals in like a week span. So yeah, going back to your leads, following up is huge. Yeah, so that's going to be the easiest low-hanging fruit. If you want to get leads today, like if you don't have a database, leverage other people's databases too. Yep. Go to your yep. lawyer partners, go to your accountant partners, realtors, yep. like have some sort of value add that you can push through their database to then get leads through that. And we yep. did that with renewals too. So, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, yep. but yeah, that would be like today business is that's really your own way. Cause if you're trying to build relationships with referral partners, like that takes time. Sure. hundred yeah. percent. I mean, we're doing that right now with the appointments and we're in my head, I was like, ah, it should be faster than like, you know, converting an internet lead to get a referral. But you know, you still have to build trust with a referral partner. So we've had some people that have hit it out the park that are able to build those relationships and then others who, you know, it's taking some time. They have to sort of continue to show up in the right way. Um, but we've had people close 10, 15 transactions in like a three to four month period off of referrals. But again, it's not going to be the first couple of weeks right? You're yeah. not going to talk to a real estate agent. They're going to send you a hundred leads. Like that's most likely not going to happen. It can, but it's not most likely going to happen. So if anybody wants to learn a little bit more about your podcast, find your podcast, check out your content, any of that stuff, like what's a good place for them to find that? Like what's like, you have a link or anything like that? You can just find us on any podcast application that you use, Spotify, Apple, Google. We're on all of them. Just search in commission breath podcast. You'll see us there. And yeah, we have like a bunch of episodes that are specific to the stuff that we're talking about here today and other strategies to get you nice. leads in this down market. Nice. Awesome, man. And then uh, I know you guys have the other one and you guys have Instagram too. So I'm sure people can probably search. Yeah, you you'll find us through there. Try to creep on the content that you guys are posting and see like maybe, yeah. hey, you can replicate that in your own business. I don't recommend necessarily stealing their content, but at least figuring out what is the type of content that's going on. Uh, it's fine. You guys are in the States. I'll give it. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> competition. <laughs> You may be putting out confusing content though if you're replicating Canadian mortgage guidelines. Similar, but not the same. So not exactly you, might, same. you might not like that. So man, thank you guys so much for being on today. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. I've learned a lot. I mean, Instagram is not a platform I use a lot. So to hear that there is, the, I mean, I didn't even know there was that close friend thing that gave some sort of like preferential treatment. So that's a huge, Everyone huge has takeaway that for me, man. That's awesome. Obviously the broadcast channels, I have seen that. I think I do have access to that on Instagram because I just, my friend just helped me set up the creator account. And I think I have that. I just didn't even know what it was. Now I'm hearing that. I'm like, I'm going to go check it out. So that's awesome. These are some specific tactics. Go back, listen to this, implement some of the stuff that we talked about today. I feel like we dropped some bombs today. Tons of value in terms of just, you know, tactical strategies to go out and get business. Any last parting words from you guys on anything? No, I think we uh, hit the nail on the head, but appreciate you having us here and everyone listening along. So awesome, man. Yeah, well, thank, you. thank you guys so much for your time today. And for anybody who's listening and are looking for help on flipping the status quo on real estate agents, go to flipthestatusquo.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.